What is up, everybody? My name is Juan Perez, and welcome to the First View Podcast. This podcast hopes to create a platform in which minorities can talk about their journeys and share their unique stories. These are individuals who have had to overcome obstacles and are achieving the improbable. Much like you and I, our guests are striving to reach their goals and to help others. Our hope is to be able to inspire and motivate the next generation of minority leaders. Thank you for listening and supporting minorities everywhere. I am happy to introduce Manu. Manu is a 19-year-old student who is a second year at Cal Poly studying Comparative Ethnic Studies. Manu identifies as a Desi American and he is a first-generation eldest son of his immigrant parents. He grew up in an environment of constant fighting over various issues. This has led to a close and yet far so relationship with his parents. He chose Cal Poly San Luis Obispo because he saw a community that he wanted to be a part of, a change that he wanted to be a part of, and a struggle that he wanted to be a part of and in a community with. He wanted to create change in a predominantly white institution. In 2020, he ran for student body president and began a movement. The Coalition of Love was not only a success, but has left a lasting impression at Cal Poly. Manu believes that it is important for people of color to take up space and claim spaces. He truly embodies what it means to be a minority leader looking to create change and go against societal norms. All right, what's up everybody? I'm here with Manu. Um, I'm really, really happy to have him on the podcast today just because he goes to my high school, he goes to my college and he's done so much already for bringing on minority leaders onto campus and, and he's going to be talking about that story today. So to start off with that, what's up Manu? How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, pretty good. How about you? I'm doing great. A little bit tired, but we're, we're, we're going through it. How about you? Um, also in the same boat, reflecting, just thinking through a bunch of things about this time, using this opportunity to the best, making it the best that I can, but hanging in there as well with you. Right. First of all, I'm going to ask, you know, like, how would you describe your background, uh, your identity? Yeah. Um, so again, like as Juan said, my name is Manu. My pronouns are he, him, his. I'm a second year comparative ethics studies major. So um, I came to Cal Poly two years ago um, from Sacramento. That's where like my quote unquote hometown is. And I use um, hometown in quotes because I don't know where my home really, really is because like I wasn't born here. I was born in India um, and I came here when I was three and then my mom sent me back for financial reasons um, when I was seven. So I stayed there for like about three, four years um, in India. So, and I think that is the part that like I really remember early on, but <laughs> with that, like just trying to understand. And then, then I came back here. So there's been this kind of dilemma of like, okay, like what really is my hometown? Like, do I see America and like spaces in, in this nation as my hometown or do we see spaces in India as my hometown? Um, especially because culturally I'm much more in tune um, with my Indian aspect, but then like, I also, that's not where I live. Um, so there's also parts that I miss out on, a lot of parts that I miss out on. So just like the kind of being in the middle. Um, so again, quote unquote hometown in Sacramento. Sorry, that was a whole tangent, but um, I came to, um, I went to a very, very diverse high school, um, Sheldon High School, shout out to our Huskies. We're actually, um, my high school was actually one of the most diverse um, high schools in the entire nation. And we had a, uh, an annual celebration of that diversity called the Multicultural Assembly. It's one of the biggest events of our year. And I had the privilege of being diversity commissioner um, in ASV during my senior year. And um, being diversity commissioner, I organized it and I saw the power of folks coming together, the power of our people coming together and celebrating their skin and celebrating 
their 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 color like celebrating who they are and taking like ownership of that and it was such like the community that like was created at that event of like 2000 people was so beautiful and i was like okay this is this is this is amazing <laughs> literally like creating community like this is what it looks like and this is i felt as if there was a calling there so when i was making my decision of where i wanted to go for college um i came in as a business major that's what i was applying for i was choosing between uc berkeley that was my dream school i've always wanted to go to uc berkeley um and cal poly and i came for pcw um polycultural weekend to come see cal poly and i was already stuck on berkeley i was like berkeley's where i want to go that's where i always wanted to go um and that's where i got in as well but then like coming to cal poly and seeing the um like seeing the community that was here at cal poly i was like you know what like either i can go to berkeley because of its name its reputation and be that number that everybody is at berkeley or at least i shouldn't generalize but i thought i would have been a number going there but or i can come to cal poly and be a part of the community that i am seeing here be a part of the resistance that i am seeing here and the resistance in, in itself being beautiful um because this event is being a part of that resistance being something organized by these cultural organizations that care so much to put something together for um incoming students um i ended up choosing um cal poly and since day 1 i've just been involved with the work and um i think i like literally remember during like wow i was like looking around trying to take in and analyze and just trying to take in everything cuz that's what i came in for and that's something that i even think about to this day of like i didn't come into cal poly to get an education i came in for the wrong reasons i want to say i came in to like i did not come in for the with the reasons that other people normally go into college for which is to get an education and i definitely have some like that definitely does bite me now for in various ways but anyways i actually discovered that business is not for me and i discovered ethnic studies and i was like whoa what is this i switched over to ethnic studies and with my ethnic studies education i've just been involved with the um a lot of the work on campus um in this field in this um quote unquote diversity and inclusion i use that also in quotes cuz that term in itself is problematic but we won't get into that today but i've been um i think that my objective has been um that manu like i want to be like an inspiration um and that's not to say like oh my god look i'm so great i want to be great that others can look up to but it's more like i want to be within my community i want to be somebody that like others are inspired <laughs> to hope to dream to continue on and i like so and that's where like i want to i want to be passionate i want to be dreaming and hopeful and always defying like the realism so that i can set that example for other folks like who look like me to also know that they can do the same to also know that their passion is validated and they matter and that they also can dream beyond realism because i think that is something like everybody has their own sense of realism but for um folks of color like we are taught in what ways like like our realism that we are taught is just so like survival is like where it's always at like we just got to survive we just got to survive but when do we ever like we're not allowed permission to dream bigger than that and so i think it's so important for us to keep hoping to keep fighting for a better world where we can do more than just survive but sorry that was a long long answer but yeah <laughs> i hope that answered the question i mean i think you have an amazing story there um choosing cal poly to you know be able to give back to the community and not really like 
look for yourself that you were really looking to give to other people. Um, but I want to touch upon the fact that you moved, you were born in India and you moved to America and then you went back. What were some of the emotions that were tied with that? How did you, how did you feel, you know, growing up? Can you talk a little bit more? Uh, Ooh, there's, there's a lot <laughs> and a lot that I haven't even unpacked. Um, a lot that I probably need a psychologist or a therapist to help me unpack, I think. Um, but I think there was definitely, um, well, number one, it was for financial reasons. Um, our family was, um, I come from a very low income background. Um, well, initially, apparently my family was pretty, pretty rich when I was very little. Not that I remember too much about that. And then, um, then like my grandpa died, he was a rich one. Um, and then my dad is not um, educated. Like he dropped out um, when he was like, he didn't, I don't think he finished even primary. Well, he definitely did not graduate from high school. I think he dropped out like very, very early, like fifth, sixth, seventh grade. Um, and then my mom barely finished high school. And that was also in India. So the Indian high school in the village is very, very different. So, um, so anyways, but with that being said, like, because it was really up to them to kind of help us survive like that wasn't a lot of income a lot of skills that they had that were validated by the capitalist structures to give us that income so hence my mom sent me and my brother back to India to go live with our grandmother so that um, she can provide for the family and have an easier time not having kids at home that she has to provide for so um, yeah there's a lot of emotions definitely like felt a sense of isolation um, a sense of like abandonment too I think um, but a lot of a lot of things that just need to be unpacked maybe different at a different time later in life with a therapist right and it sounds like you know these emotions have impacted who you are as a person and so with that i feel like a lot of your experiences in the past have affected what you've done in college and so i want to move on to what we're going to be talking about today which is running for president um, of cal poly and so how do you think your past affected that? And then obviously talk a little bit more about what the coalition of love is. How do you decide to run for president? Um, realistically, anything you think we need to know. So if there's some, someone out there who is trying to run, what should they be looking for? Yeah, um, thank you. Thank you for that. Um, I think um, in terms of how my past, like from my childhood impacted me, um, I don't know um, too, I think that is like just, uh, there's a lot of questions that I don't know the answer to um, when it comes to my childhood. Um, there's just a lot that I'm still trying to reclaim, um, a lot that I'm still trying to process, a lot that I'm still um, trying to uncover that I have not done so. Um, but I, I, I think that there is, I like one of the very earliest um, things that I can think about is um, I lived in the village when I when I was in India, and in the village in itself, um, there was a part of the village that was kind of segregated off, and um, like the people who lived in that part of the village, like the homes were constructed out of like cardboard. Um, like you can see that the the sewerage system was not at all existing there. Um, the people like there was extreme poverty, and like the village overall like was pretty poor because um, it was kind of like off from the city, but. But like that specific part, like you can definitely tell like there was something super like wrong or deemed wrong with that in terms of like um, my grandma like was like, oh, that we don't go there because the Judas live there. But and like, like you don't go touch those people like those people are untouchable, like they're nasty, like they're dirty and stuff. So and what I was seeing during that time was the caste system, which is super prevalent in India, 
and the caste system definitely is racialized as well. So what I was seeing was from a very young age, like in what ways like the, the societal issues, the societal oppressions are like played out like around us. Um, and that was something that like, like we all see from a very, very young age. I shouldn't say we all. And let me talk about myself. I, I was seeing, and I'm pretty sure a lot of folks um, do see from a very, very young age. Um, but anyways, but, and I think I, I definitely knew that there was something super wrong in how this entire process was playing out to be. So um, I wouldn't say I've always been a social justice advocate, but I, I, I think that um, like, like, thanks to Vahiguru, like, I think that I've, I've, I'm glad that like, I've had, okay, I feel so weird talking about myself in terms of like, oh my God, I'm so amazing. So let's just skip over all of that and instead get to like, um, what happened this year? So this year I decided to run for president, um, ASI president. And that was a decision that um, has been a decision that um, I was really off and on about. Um, and I think there, there's many, many reasons for that. Like I was questioning, like, is that position even capable of making change? Like what does that position, like um, the folks who have been in that position have just been in that position and kind of been figureheads, but they haven't really gotten much done. So is that position, and um, in my two years here at Cal Poly, I've been very involved with the board of directors, although I've never had that had a position on student government. Um, literally, like last year at the first board of directors meeting, I showed up and I was speaking during, you were there too, Juan, I remember. Like we all showed up at, at the board of directors meeting and we were out there like telling, like reading a letter at, during open forum. And since then, like I've been going to a bunch of board of directors. Last year, they hated because I came in and yelled that, like yelled every single time I came in. They, a lot of people just hated the guts. And even this year, it was the same, but it, I think it was a lot of frustration and that, wow, like I'm coming here every single time and I'm saying something and I'm like expressing myself and y'all haven't done anything. And I'm just looking at y'all and like, y'all really don't do anything except make yourself look all cool. Like y'all, like the, the amount of professionalism that is maintained in student government, the, 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 the eliteness that is, and the the exclusivity of and that you can just feel in that room when you walk into those spaces it's like you can just feel like that you want you you're not welcomed in those spaces you're not you don't belong the whiteness in that space you can just feel the weight of it when you walk into that space and so and that like how just maintains student government that has just maintained them and makes maintains your ego and kind of stands in for having for needing for them having to actually take action and do much so it was kind of okay Manu like do I want to go into that space that is so oppressive in so many various ways and it feels as if there's so there's not even hope for it but then so um I decided um and then also I personally am super burnt out like this like with all the work that was just happening last year and the various things that I was doing like I burnt out so bad last year and I was crying like everywhere in the beginning of this year like crying in everybody's offices and like, Dr. Lamry, like, give me therapy. I don't know what to do. I can't like grieve anymore. And it was just like everywhere I go, like it, it just this sense of like helplessness that I kind of did recover from and learned a lot from like, for sure. But that's a whole different conversation too. But anyways, I came to the point um, like a week before elections were going to start, a week before elections were going to start. And I wrote a three page letter and I was like, I'm not running. Like I am not running. And I wrote a whole letter justifying why I am not running because, um, and the reason like in that was like, okay, it's not capable. 
of changing like and this is why and I like wrote all of that in it's so oppressive like it's a master's tool it's not going to change blah 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 and number two like I'm tired like I'm so tired and if like the burden should not rest the burden of change should not rest on people of color like white people need to step it up they're the ones who created that system maybe they should change that system so that more folks of color will go into that system because there's a reason that folks of color don't want to be in that system and are leaving that system and I was like I don't know if I have it even in me if I have the capacity to even be going into ASI and trying to change ASI, I'm knowing that I'm so burnt out and I'm so tired. So I was even questioning my own capacity. But what I think in that, after I finished writing that letter, I definitely felt as if something was wrong. I felt as if I was quitting and walking away when I shouldn't be walking away. And I was just, then like in that moment, I, there's a professor at Cal Poly, Dr. Um, Rios Rojas, she's, She's here from um, Colgate University. Literally one of my most favorite, like life-changing persons I've ever met. Took a class with her last quarter um, on, it's called Dreams, Love, and Feminist Futures. And the whole class was talking about dreaming and like hoping and the, the importance of dreaming, um, especially for um, us as oppression marked bodies. Like what does it mean for us to dream? What does it mean for us to have radical hope? What does it mean for us to collectively dream as a community? What does it mean for us to love? Like just those very concepts literally saved me in that moment again. Her classes saved me like multiple times. But after I wrote the letter, I was like, you know what? Maybe my, maybe my job is not going to be to go in and change ASI. Maybe that ASI is truly not to change. But maybe my job is to go in and dream and share my dream with other folks and have them dream alongside me. And who knows if any action comes out of it. But like it's so important for me to dream and it's so important for my people to continue dreaming, especially because like literally like around us, everything just seems to be trying to kill our dreams. So how important it is for us to not give up on dreaming and considering dreaming to be such a radical act. And that's why like the entire, like literally the whole plans for what the campaigning was gonna be literally were switched in that moment. It was before that it was good. I did not have like, Dream, like let's dream a loving university it was not going to be the coalition of love like that was not anywhere part of the plan and then in that moment when I was quitting I was like no dreams are is what we're going in for we're going to go in and dream and we're going to dream so big and we're just going to share that dream with people and have people dream alongside us and whether those dreams come to reality or not we don't know and that's not that's we don't have to base our success off of that but it should be more about like wow we went in and we dreamed like, and so anyways, so in that moment, Coalition of Love was created. Um, and the entire behind, be, the idea behind Coalition of Love is like, we want students of color to run. This is not something that I can go in and do by myself. I need people who are gonna come alongside me and we collectively are gonna go in and change the face of the university. So a bunch of students of color came together and um, to run for board of directors. And it was about 15, 16 people who joined the coalition. Um, so they filled up the paperwork too, it was like, okay, y'all, let's do this we're all gonna be together and i still remember emily emily like she find she found this so impactful and i was like so grateful to her um like when she told me this but she was but we did this activity on the very first day um when we as a coalition were meeting and emily was there too and i was like y'all like i just need y'all like dream like okay like for let's everyone close your eyes and dream what a university looks like and forget realism forget like like thinking about oh that's not possible that's not possible just forget let's drop that and instead just dream what it should be like and what it could be like and what it will be like and Emily was like wow just like dropping that realism I've never like that was so powerful for me and I was like 
dang, like number one, thank you. And number two, like if it's so powerful for you, like how powerful would it be for everybody to just drop realism and for us to just dream and ask and, and dream that like, wow, we can have a space where we can do more than survive, where we can really actually like flourish as a community, as, as our people. But that was a coalition of love. And then um, I'm so, I'm really, 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 really glad that like we all ran. Um, and I think that it really became a movement. Like I like, I'm so thankful to my Vaiguru that like it really did become a movement um, because I think people were so desperate to dream. Like those dreams, like people really needed it and people really needed to see that hope and to really see the hope in dreams and in hoping in itself and in loving. And I think that that's what the coalition became. It wasn't about me. It wasn't about the people who were running. It was about us as a people collectively saying that like, wow, we can dream a better world, a better university. And we can, and just the idea of dreaming is just so powerful in itself. Like, because we've so given up on so much things. We've just been told that this is not realistic. That's not realistic. And now it just has become a matter of surviving. But to even imagine that it, something different is possible. But then once we imagine it, we can work towards that. That was just so powerful. But yeah, that's what the coalition was about. It was a project of dreaming, collectively dreaming. Right. So... I think that that's amazing to even like bring together minority students when, when they didn't have anything before, you know, there was a, a platform for them to speak their voice. There wasn't anything, but it was your leadership that allowed them to voice their opinion after. Um, can you talk a little bit more about what happened after? Yeah. Um, so I agree. I think that it was super powerful to see like literally so many pock faces running. It was okay. Literally ice. I remember uh, I was at a, um, so it was Suhe and Adriana and they're both Latina women and they were, um, and it was me, Suhe and Adriana. We went to a, um, a cafe meeting to go present ourselves. And I was just watching them because everybody was so white in there. Of course, cafe is like super white. And it was Adriana and Suhe and their beautiful voices, like just like telling everybody to vote for them. And it was just, it was like literally, I was like in tears, just like, wow, like y'all are out here, like leading this meeting as like brown women and like they're listening. And it, so I think, yeah, I just wanted to speak to the power of like, wow, like in these spaces that have been predominantly white, have been white since the inception of ASI. Like when you walk into that room, you feel the whiteness in that space. You feel the exclusivity in that board of directors room. Look through all the presidents, literally like, ah, it's white, 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 white. And yes, we had a POC president. We had Jasmine Fachami, but Jasmine was super light-skinned. She was like the lightest-skinned person out of all the leadership team. So like, <laughs> anyways, but the, the power that like, can we imagine that the board of directors room will actually be predominantly students of color for the very first time? and students of color will not be in the minority. And that is exactly what happened. Like for the first time, we're gonna have a board of directors room that is gonna be predominantly students of color because most of the folks on the um, coalition got elected in engineering, everybody from the coalition got elected. And literally like, oh, I forget God. Like in CLA, for example, we had a first year from our um, coalition win over incumbents. So like incumbents even did not like, went up to coalition love and so super proud um and i'm just proud like and super happy and enjoy to just imagine that first board of directors meeting and we've already told like we've already decided amongst our coalition that y'all we're gonna walk in with our cultural clothing like 
they think that this is not professional. No, this is professional. It is professional for me to wear it's like my kurta and my Punjabi jutti. We're going to walk in. We're going to be playing our music, like cultural music. We're going to be singing and dancing as we walk into that room at the first board of directors meeting. And like, I'm just imagining the optics of it and the power of taking and claiming that space that is that has been historically denied to us and say, no, we're here to stay. Like, this is, and like, wow, just like when the roll call is going to happen, like the names, it's not going to be like, like super white names that are going to be pronounced like Mr. Like Billy or like, I don't know, but like, it's going to be like Miss Rosas. Like, it's going to be like, it's going to be like, it's going to literally, it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be so beautiful. And I'm just like, Mr. Saiyan, tell us. And it's like, just like, Oh my god! I just, just the just that puck taking over. So I think that there's a lot of individuals out there who believe that your story and your achievement, even though you didn't win ASI president, which I think people were guessing that you would have, but although you didn't, but you achieved so much more and something bigger than yourself. What would you tell someone who is in your position or wants to achieve what you are trying to do or what you what you've done already? What would you tell them and what are some tips that you would give them? Yeah, um, okay, so I've been thinking about that. I've been thinking about how much, I think that our coalition was super successful. I think like um, what I personally didn't need to go out and ask, hey, can you like be a campaign worker? Like, can you like share our stuff? Like, like, it, like we had to do very little of that. And instead, like, Literally, like, I remember at 5 p.m., like, it was, like, 5 time because I was being so late. 5 was when, like, official campaigning started, and I was freaking out because, like, everybody was probably already posting, and I logged on. I wasn't even ready with my stuff, like, because I was, like, doing other stuff at home and doing tours, and I was, like, oh, my God, everybody's posting. Like, I should, too. And then, like, I posted mine's, like, 5.10. I just posted my flyer and got off. Like, I just, like, turned off. And then when I, like, logged back in, like, a couple, like, hours later, it was on everybody's story. Like, everybody was sharing it, and we were super excited and extending so much support out. And it was like, wow, like, this is super powerful. This is so much something that has become bigger than me. It has become a movement. And the same thing happened when the coalition went out. And it really became a movement. And I think despite all of that, I also want to point out that we were a $0 campaign. ASI thinks that we need thousands of dollars to win, and they would not lower the spending limit after fighting them for so long and still we were able to do all this with without spending a single dollar anyways backing up but just wanted to put that random point in but despite us running what we did and being so successful with it i did not win and i'm just thinking about the leadership team um next year and the leadership team for fosumain i know is made up of the president their chief of staff um the chair <laughs> of the board of directors, the vice chair, the chair of UUAB and the vice chair of that. So six people. And if you go through pictures, if you go through, like I have the pictures from the past like few years, like a couple of years, like like a decade-ish. Like I think I have them since like 2000, like 10, that's not a decade. Yeah, that's a decade. Like I have them for a while, like when did some digging. You go through the pictures and it's like white people, like not a single pop, not a single pop. Next page, all white people, not a single pop. And, with, and that's how it's been since the beginning of ASI. Like, all six people are white. And then, like, a few years back, like, last year, we had Jasmine, the very first POC. Like, very, and, like, y'all can do the math of when ASI was found and when the first POC was got on that team. 
and still like that picture everyone's white like jasmine was a lighter skinned person even lighter than white people so like okay like okay and then this year we have alan who's on the vice vice chair so that's one person with like melanin visible melanin and it took that many years and then next year i'm not on the leadership team clearly there's shayna there is elizabeth who she has chose the rulers okay this is another point that i just want to make but i'll make that in a second but there's elizabeth a white person um and then there's cole who's been decided a white person cole's gonna choose their vice chair probably gonna be a white person and i don't know about board but to think that after even running such a successful campaign it didn't work like the leadership team's still gonna be white and i don't know like for that i was just thinking about it the other day like what is it going to take for the for us to make up for the lack of a white skin like how much more is it going to take i think what happened this year was so successful i i i don't know anyone who has run in a slate before it was the first time we we even did that where we ran together as a team and like despite that like leadership team still white so like it's like it's so disheartening because it kind of shows like this is it shows this I think that the rulers back in the old days they said the king's son always becomes the next king it's not based on anything but that and then i guess this time we can say the rulers child becomes the next ruler and they just shuffle around their own people in places of power like what mark is a president this year mark borges was chair last year he was on the leadership team last year and he just got recycled to be president and then he chooses his predecessor Shayna who was already on ASI2 before that and then Shayna who's the chief of was chief of staff this year gets recycled to be president and then Shayna chooses Elizabeth who's already on the leadership team this year too for being chair of UUAB to be her vice chair or chief of staff so in what ways literally like all the white people just recycle themselves in these positions and choose their predecessor who is white and i also want to point out then like the fight in itself literally the white people want to say like take space make space and they want to say like oh like oh my god why are pock not showing up like we're doing everything to get them to show up and it's like this time we showed up like hello we were knocking at your door <laughs> we were here <laughs> to take space we were here to take the space that you say like we've never taken up and we should take up and you fought so hard <laughs> to protect your space you fought so hard to protect your seat so to think in what ways like i this is what i think to the person who wants to be asi president like i don't know if you can be asi president um if you if you if you if unless you're willing to perform so much whiteness like you bless you bless you you have to literally like compromise so much and i think that's what i did not want to do this year like i tried i was like i'm going to put my name in punjabi and gurumukhi written on my ballot it's going to say meet in my language before it says meet in english it's going to say my pronouns on the ballot we're going to take that extra step like blah 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 like and like i was like inkilabs in the bottle slogan's going to be something that's in my language like i'm not so like but in what ways like for the next person like i'm afraid that like they might think that they need to like actually um be palatable to a white audience because it's a predominantly white institution and I don't think so 
one of the questions that's always asked is how are we going to be this pre president of all students you are never going to be the president of all students and if you try to be the president of all students and try to cater to all students you will only end up catering to white students and that's something that we have seen in the past and i think yes like i think the i don't the cost of making up for the lack of white skin is so high i'm just here about saying that we should have our own student government and i'm not saying you have to make me president but i think that like it shows that the like when's the when's the time gonna come like it seems that the time's never gonna come and i feel as if this year like it was so sick i personally think that it was so successful and i'm just saying how much more successful would the next person need to make it to actually make it i don't know how much more successful the next person can do i'm not saying i'm so amazing no one can ever surpass me but i'm just saying like that like the bar like this year was so high like and i i, I wonder if the like how and, and they shouldn't need I don't know if it even needed to be that high. Like that's so sad that it needed to be as high as it got set this year. And how much like Pac always gotta work ten times harder to meet the bare standards. And that's this is what it shows that like even after working ten times harder, we still didn't get it. So the next person now needs to work twenty times harder. Like, you know what? Burn down ASI. I think we should have our own student government. And other universities have already done it. Kansas State University, they asked for a parallel parallel student government and with its own budget, like we pay our student fees. Why do our student fees go to a white leadership team that is still white? <laughs> and that leadership team is gonna decide where that money goes. We're out here begging to get CCC's more funding, to get, we're begging and fighting to get the cross country centers more funding. And we're still out here paying our student fees that go to them that can very easily go to the spaces we need them to invest in, but they're not investing in. So I'm like, you know what? Maybe you shouldn't be ASI president because ASI presidency does not deserve you. And instead, what does it look like for us to demand our own ASI and say, you know what, you're never, you're not capable. Like you're just not capable. And we refuse, refuse the politics. We refuse to like buy into your lure. And instead we want our own. Like we, we ask for our own student government because we also pay student fees. And if you're not gonna represent us with those student fees, we'll represent our own selves with our own student fees. Thank you very much. <laughs> that's where I'm at. I mean, it, it sounds, you're obviously passionate about this issue. I think that that's someone, if someone were to want to try to replicate what you did, which I think that you did accomplish something, which is to get POCs onto the board of directors. That, that's, I think, the first step. It sounds like you were just super passionate and super hardworking, even though you were conflicted on, do, on running and you were conflicted on how starting this whole movement. You pushed through and you, and you, can, you were able to do it. Um, so I think that's amazing. I, I, I do agree with you that there's some things that sometimes may never change, but, but we need to keep on trying, you know? Um, so for that person, once again, can you give like one tip that you think was the most helpful for you to run a successful movement? Yeah, I think definitely. I think, um, we, we are a community. I think that like, we're, we're, we should not, I think, okay, number one, do not compromise yourself. Like, be proud of your skin. Like, don't fall into the trap of like, a lot of people were telling me, Manu, you need to put sustainability in your thing. Like, you need to do this, you need to do that. Like, can you speak like this? Can you not speak like that? Can you not put your name like this? Can you put your name? Like, there were like, those are some comments that you do get because the, the trap is, well, you need to cater to a white audience. So if you're gonna be out here and you're gonna speak in Punjabi and you're gonna tell everybody like, like I'm a, if you're gonna start your speeches like that, like that's the problem. 
And like instead, you need to be like, hello, everybody. Like you need to like be as white as possible, and that's how you win. And I think no, that is so freaking false. And if you do win using that, like if you think you're gonna win using that, like you've already kind of sold out and like compromised so much. And who knows, like that you've already done what the system wants you to do and what ASI wants you to do. And so that I do not ever do that. And like be truly yourself and authentically yourself. Number one. Number two. Um, I think really, I think authenticity is so important. Um, I kind of already like summed that up, but like really be yourself. Like I think in a lot, a lot of the speeches that I was hearing, you can go watch the um, the debate. Literally, like you can tell that uh, everybody's reading off of a script. You can tell on live camera that everybody has a script that they are reading, and that's so sad. <laughs> I thought you speak from your heart. And I think stay true to your values, like know what you stand for and stay true to those and speak from your passion, from your heart, instead of trying to fall into the trap of professionalism, which is white supremacist in itself. Like professionalism is white supremacist. Y'all can go look that up. So <clears throat> that's number two. Number three, like whiteness is all about like individualism. And they're like, oh my God, like look at me. I've done like, I'm doing everything. I'm so great. But it's like, no, like we stand to get, we stand, we stand strong because we're a community. So what that means, like, and that's what the whole idea behind the coalition was and why it was so powerful. Like I was not running because I was like, I'm so amazing. Like y'all vote for me, but it was like, no, we as a community are gonna make that difference. So I would say find more punk, like run as a community and don't run as an individual. But and that was something that was super n novel about I think our campaign because before this, I don't think people ran as a coalition. Um, number four, I would personally recommend you run the zero dollar campaign because how are we going to advocate for diversity and inclusion, quote unquote diversity and inclusion, but then spend thousands of dollars to make it so inaccessible? How are we going to even advocate for sustainability and then literally throw flyers around the campus that come down the next day on and are all over the floor? So that is also something to keep in mind. So stay true to your values and put those in practice and dream big, y'all. Dream big and be yourself. And one of the final questions that I have is, what would you say to someone who says that you're one of a kind and that you're unique? What would, what would you say? Like, if that I am one of a kind? I don't think I'm one of a kind. I think that we are all supported, like, as a community. And it's like, I'm, I'm here, like, me, like, myself, like, I am who I am because others have made me who I am. Like, I'm so problematic in so many different ways. Like, I could name so many different problems I have. Like, and in the various ways that I show up to spaces and how that is problematic. But I think other people have shown me that and given me those opportunities to reflect and learn from that. And that is what is powerful. Other people have given me the love and the care. And that's what we need to do for each other too. Um, give each other the love and care, especially since the system renders certain bodies as unlovable and like just disposes and marks bodies as so disposable and how important for it is for us to not not fall in that trap and replicate that so i think that it's important so i don't think i'm a one of a kind at all and i think that we are in community with each other and i think that's what we need to like emphasize in what ways we are strong because we are in community in what ways we are like i'm standing here because so many people have done the work to to help like i the reason i was running was because like there were literally alan set me up <laughs> who's on board this year like and there were some people who were behind the scenes fighting for me. There's people who have been literally setting this up. 
setting this moment up. So like the moments that we have that we think in which we think we are one and a kind are moments that those moments are actually created for us. Those moments of beauty are created for us by other people, by other people who have done the work to get me to be where I am and to have me say what I am saying. So my conversations are, are, are in conversation with those people and conversation with those ancestors, um, not necessarily only like genealogical ancestors, but like the intellectual ancestors too, the, the people who have come at this university and laid the foundation for me to now be talking and saying these things. So never, not, not at all. No one does more than a kind at all. Yeah, thanks for that. I, I think that there's individuals out there that may see what you're doing and say, like, I can never do that. And I think that you gave a perfect answer to say, like, it's something that's set up. It's not something that you simply, it comes up out of that. So with that, I want to, like, truly thank you for coming on to the podcast. And I'm going to allow you right now to give you, uh, give you a chance to shout out anyone that you think uh, deserves shout out, shout out for it, anything you've done really in your life or, or this specific achievement. Well, there's, this will can go on for a bit very long time because I am indebted to just so many people who again like like what you just said I think that was so beautiful like I'm like nobody really like I'm truly nobody and I think that point needs to be stressed like we need to really get over the glorification of people and I'm so guilty of that I glorify so many people around me and I'm just like I want to be like you like you're so pure like (laughs) I want to be just like you and I think that's not true at all everybody has their own faults and we need to stop glorifying and looking for heroes and others and instead like take a little bit of and, and learn from each other and like instead think about like self-love and self-determination as Dr. Um, Jennifer Nash has written about. But anyways, I want to shout out still <laughs> to name a few. <laughs> Alan and Tess who helped me with everything um, during the campaigning, all the coalition of love members who literally like put themselves out there and were like, you know what? Like, yes, let's do it. And let me just say, hey, email, that was a thing that we got, but we had to stay strong through that. So for some people, it was like, they were shook that because it was, a, I, it was my first time I was getting those emails. First time, a lot of the people in those groups were getting those emails, but they still stayed strong. Um, so thank you for the Coalition of Love members. Um, thank you to Dr. Rio Sojas. Thank you to Dr. Aysam for like really being the people who, whose work has held me up um, and for being, yeah. So, and I think, thank you most importantly to my Vaiguru um, who keeps me alive and keeps me going. That's great. Uh, I think that's where we're going to end the podcast. Thank you so much for allowing us to share your story. And hopefully there's others out there who are wanting to push the next generation of minority leaders. And I think that your story is really going to help them achieve that and learn a little bit more of what it takes and what it truly means to run for leadership. Maybe if you're not ready in the beginning, but everyone's ready to make a change, they really try. I agree. Thank you so much, Juan. Like, I truly appreciate like what you're doing with the podcast too. And I think I like, I know that the podcast is going to reach far places that it's going to, I think that like, I, I personally, like I've given myself one job and that is to just inspire. And I think that the power of inspiring like that is so strong, like for somebody like in the moment that they really, really needed it to hear like, or get that support that they really needed, get that inspiration to continue, like to continue. And I think that is just so powerful. So thank you for, for being that and for amplifying all of this so that you're able to give that, give what somebody may need in that moment, what they need so that they can keep going. Cause there's so much power in, in keeping going. And I think that like, like the keep going part like cannot be lost. Yeah, well, I, I'm just simply the messenger. So, I mean, thank you so much. And, and with that, I hope you have a great day and I hope everyone enjoyed uh, listening to your story.
Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Thank you for joining us and hearing this truly inspiring story. Feel free to follow us at First View Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook to get previews of our weekly episodes and of our guests. If you're wanting to help out in any way by joining our team, being a podcast guest in the future, or simply wanting to give us feedback, you can always direct message us or click on the link in our bio to learn more. This is Juan Perez, and you're listening to the First View Podcast. I hope you have a great day and come back next week for more amazing minority stories.